This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. I'm your host, Meryl van der Merwe, and this is episode 28, using Google My Maps for techie projects. Before we get started on this episode, I just want to remind you that we now have a Facebook group, especially for the um, community around this podcast. It's called Homeschooling with Technology Community. You can search for that in Facebook groups or follow the link from our show notes page. And a reminder that all the show notes you can find are at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Just look for the episode that you um, need show notes for. And just a reminder for you to visit our show sponsor, fundafundacademy.com. That's F-U-N-D-A, F-U-N-D-A, academy.com. The link is also in the show notes. If you are starting to think ahead about some educational opportunities for the summer, their web-based unit studies run all year round. There is also uh, high school classes that do happen in the summer. And then, of course, everything will be available again in the fall. And they do use technology in their classes. Obviously, they're online, but also they try to use things similar and sometimes even things like Google Maps, which is what we've been looking at. So back to our topic. So how does Google Maps differ from Google My Maps? This week, we'll be looking at Google My Maps. First of all, if you didn't listen to last week's episode on Google Maps, perhaps you should stop now and go and listen to that first of all. The difference between them is Google My Maps uses the technology of Google Maps, but allows you to take a map and place your own stamp on it to make it something that is usable for you, something that is unique. And so we're going to be looking at the different features of that in this podcast. The first thing you need to do, of course, is to go to Google My Maps, and you can find that by Googling it or use the link in the show notes. Once you get there, to give you some kind of idea as to what you can do, I would suggest that you click on Explore. When you go there, you'll find maps that other people have made, and they have made them public so that anybody can see them. I took a look around and in the show notes, I have linked to three different ones. One is on the Civil War, where it gives um, various battles, uh, battlefields, and it also shows you which sides were on the north and on the south. Then there is another one um, that is historic and educational tour of Boston. And, and the third one that I really enjoyed was the European Exploration and Discovery Map. If you go and take a look and see what they've done, this will give you some idea of what you can do. Now, before I explain how you could use this in your homeschool, I just need to have a brief explanation as to what you will actually be doing on the map. The first thing is you would go and click on create a new map. Then you get to choose your base map. You could choose, you could use what I would call just a typical map, the kind of map that's probably you're thinking of as I'm speaking, or you can choose one that shows the terrain, then there's another type that does that is a satellite, an aerial one, and there are various others. Um, I think the most useful for using this in your homeschool is probably going to be just what I call the typical map. But who knows, there may be uses that you can think of for some of the others. 
Once you have that, you can then put pins down on the map to highlight different things. So as you, if you looked at those um, ones that I gave you in the, uh, that you can look, see by going to explore, for instance, the Civil War one, you will see there is a pin at each battlefield. So the pin would be dropped in the correct place and then you would say what it was and you can describe it now. First, we'll take a look at the pins. The pins can be different styles and you can see um, that there is a style option. This means they can both be different icons and different colors. This could be very useful if you're sort of using it as type of a key. And again, I'll go into this in more detail in a little um, in a little while. But you could also have a, an icon say that um, one place could say be a, a battlefield where the north had one, and another color icon or another type of icon would show that this was one where the south had one. Or you could have another one that would say that neither really had one. Um, around the world, you could do this with languages spoken in different places or whatever, but it, it does give you a very visual way to show what you're looking at on the map. Then in the description, you can also actually add photos. So if you're wanting somebody to be able to look and see what this place looked like, you could put up photos or even videos. Um, then you can have layers. Now a layer is just basically a a group of ideas or group of pins that you group them together so on the civil war what you could have was you could have um per year so every year of the civil war could be a different layer you could have all the layers turned on at once um, all checked you'll see you can check and uncheck them when you're looking at a map and then you would see all the battles or instead what you could do was you could um just check the have the particular year check that you want to look at and you could see the battles for that year i'm going to include a how-to video so that if you um, learn better or your children learn better by watching someone else demonstrate it you can go and and take a look at that um, one cool feature about google uh, my maps is that they are collaborative like all google uh, products so you could have all your children working together on a map and for instance you could give them each each of the layers could be each of their different names so you'd know who was doing what this also would work if you're a co-op teacher or you teach online as I do so that if you're doing it as a group project online again a student each gets um, a different layer and you can see very clearly who has done what now to move into the second part of this podcast episode, let's have a look and see what you could actually use this for in a lesson. How could you actually incorporate this into your homeschool? And I'm going to, again, link to a place that I got many of my ideas from, ditchthattextbook.com has a really good article on 20 ways to use Google Maps to enhance lessons in any class. And any class means in a homeschool class too, even if it's just at home with one student. The first thing you could do is you could actually get your children or your child to plan a real life road trip or a vacation. Uh, again, here, if you had more than one child doing it together, you, each child could have a different layer and you could see who did what. This could incorporate them going ahead and researching to see where you'd want to go. 
They can then go and put pins down at places they think you should stop with a photo or even a video. Um, they could even record themselves and then pin that, um, their voices onto it as to why they think you should stop at specific places. Um, when I was a, a child many, many, many years ago, my dad let me plan one of our trips to Europe and I learned so much by doing all the research and then coming and telling them why I thought we should go to various different places. And to my parents' credit, they really did go to all the places I had suggested and uh, we did have a great time. But let your child get involved in it less work for you and it really helps them and putting it all together on Google My Maps um, is, is a great way to actually be able to go through and see how far away these things are. Is it actually feasible to go between two places in one day or five or six things in one area? Can you do them all one after the other? Then you could use it for literature. So as you're reading a book together, you could actually plot where each of the main scenes happen on Google My Maps. And this is a really good way to incorporate geography into literature or literature into geography, however you'd like to see it. Um, you could ask them to highlight what main things happened at that particular scene or whatever you'd want to do to uh, make it a bigger project. Let's take government for your high schoolers or even middle schoolers. Let's say it's a, a general election, a federal election, um, and you could get them to take maybe the two, uh, the two delegates who are representing each of our two main parties and show where all they visit during the campaign period. So you'd have two different layers, one for the Republican candidate and one for the Democratic candidate. And as they tour, you could literally drop pins and maybe have links to videos at each place or statistics as to how many people turned out or whatever you would like. And that could give you a really good idea as to how the places they visit maybe influence the results. Who knows? Then you could use it for history. We've just seen one already about the Civil War. You could also just take an area. You could plot different battlefields over different wars perhaps over a few hundred years, you could look and see in each war that happens in an area could be a different layer. You could do something where you are um, using it for geography to compare cities of different sizes. You could say, look at um, the different major cities in China, and you could uh, use a different color pin to show cities of different sizes there. So all those over a certain size would be one color, etc. You could just do that in the major, uh, the capital cities of Europe, just even to see how those differ in size. Science. How about doing something related to vegetation or animal life or soil types where you have pins in different areas? Here, maybe you do want to use a different type of base map and not just the regular one, but where you actually have a pin in a place and then you explain what the vegetation, animal or soil type is in that particular place. So I think you can see it is a very versatile tool that you could incorporate into almost prob probably any different um, subject matter that you are studying. And then you could get, you can use it to make it a really cool project where your students have to go and do research. Um, they have to put some thought into it, maybe give some of their own ideas and then pull it all together on a map, which is very visual and will help them to remember what they have done. Well, I hope you enjoyed this. And if you have any more ideas on what to do, pop over onto our Facebook group and share them with us there. 
If you're enjoying our podcast, please go onto iTunes and click on some of those stars. I'd love five stars from you all. And if you could spend a minute or two and write a quick review, that really does help us to get found by other people. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. 